Welcome back, everyone, to Shrimp on Deck. Roger Hoover now joined by our good friend Andre Fernandez, who covers the Miami Marlins for The Athletic. And, Andre, you're getting a chance to see the Jumbo Shrimp for the second time this year. Just what's it like to be uh, back in Tennessee and be around uh, the Jumbo Shrimp again? Well, like I told you, Roger, my mother lives not too far from here, so it was, it, it was a perfect coincidence of, you know, seeing you guys and seeing her at the same time on a little road trip before I go off to Denver to, to cover the Marlins facing the Rockies. But, yeah, man, looking forward to it. Look, uh, you know, one of the rare chances I get to see you guys in person. And I know, of course, you keep up with the Jumbo Shrimp on a day-to-day basis. Uh, it's got to be interesting seeing how this club has changed from the first time you went to Jacksonville. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you definitely added some offense in recent weeks, you know, the, the trades the Marlins made, you know, Jazz Chisholm is assigned here now. Um, you know, Lewin Diaz at first base, you know, the guys have shown some power already in the games that they've played, and you're starting to see glimpses of some of the defensive potential, the upside that they have that they bring to those positions. And it's an exciting time, I would say, because, you know, you get to see, you know, some of the core pieces that the big league club may have at that level potentially by either next season or even by 2021. I don't know for you, even looking at 2021, you went position by position, really the pitching staff, uh, every single role in there, kind of mapping out who could be in Miami in 2021. A lot of jumbo shrimp on that list. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Sixto Sanchez right now, he's completing, you know, career innings as far as he goes, which is a good sign, you know, the strength, the strong arm that he's shown this season coming off what he had last year. Um, You know, Edward Cabrera had a little setback recently, but he's had a good year overall. Same situation where he's progressing. He's part of this rotation now, too. And, you know, you see these guys develop right here. And, and again, very similar to the other ones that we mentioned on the offensive side. I mean, they could all be in Miami forming a pretty nice core of, you know, mid-20s guys that are, you know, ready to take the team, you know, to a potential next level of contention. And I know you're working on a story on Lewin Diaz. It's not out yet for the athletic, but just your overall uh, impression of getting to talk with him for a little bit and now getting to see him in person for the yeah. first time. Yeah, I mean, pretty impressive kid. I mean, tall, you know, he's got that good, you know, body frame, very athletic looking, you know. I mean, he's not really known for, like, blazing speed. You know, that's why probably, like, he's taken to first base a little more than the other positions in the infield. But, you know, from even talking to your manager, talking to Kevin Randall, he's very impressed. He thinks... If he's not major league ready, like right now, there's aspects of his game that are already, which that's an encouraging sign because to me, a lot of people have maybe wondered if he'll be ready by 2021. I mean, he could be a guy that could get called up next year from the sounds of it. You know, the bat's coming along. You know, we've seen the power. Maybe, you know, you want to see a little more consistent approach there too. But, you know, overall, I like what I've seen so far from the kid. I mean, pretty good from the left side too, which is a popular trend right now with the team. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Uh, Not only, of course, him coming in, Jazz Chisholm, the shortstop, Jesus Sanchez, who looks to lock down maybe one of the corner outfield spots. Just as someone that has watched so much baseball at Marlins Park, what kind of advantage is it for the Marlins to have a lot of lefty power bats well it, there's some pros and cons to it i mean from the lefty side obviously from the pull side you know it's a shorter porch in right field we know marlins park the walls are pretty far for you know to hit home runs in but that can be an advantage to a sense i mean they also want to have guys that can spread the ball everywhere which it seems like these guys profile the profile as those types of players now the part i see too is there's a lot of guys that you know it's it's high strikeout but a lot of potential power there too so that's something that they have to work on as they develop you know, in that regard. And then also, if you have a, a lineup that's heavy on lefties, you're going to get shifted on a lot, too. So that's interesting. That's going to be interesting to see where teams continue to, you know, where they continue to adjust as teams adjust. Because, as you know, like from game to game, at bat to at bat, that's constantly a part of it now with all the data that's out there. And, you know, but but these guys, you know, the, the upside is definitely exciting to see because, you know, as we know, the organization where it was about a month ago, you know, a lot of good pitching. 
the uh, offensively there were some some in spots but not like a big surplus of it it seems like if so if these guys that we mentioned pan out they've balanced it out a little bit better so for the Marlins, so much of the focus was uh, obviously with Derek Jeter's group coming in in October of 2017. Uh, first of all, making some changes to the ballpark, making some changes to the roster. Now they're in year two. What do you think the focus is going to be coming up, gearing up for year three? What's yeah. the offseason going to be like? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because a lot of people keep asking me, like, when are they going to tap into free agency a little bit more? I mean, I don't think they're there yet next season because I think there's still things to be resolved. You know, they're working on uh, potentially a new TV deal over there. They definitely want to get a naming rights uh, sponsor for the stadium. So those things are still in the works and won't probably, you know, reach their fruition probably till at least maybe the end of next year. So I think once those things are in place and, you know, a lot more of this young talent, you know, progresses, maybe a few. Ta- I-, I see next year as kind of a break the ice year for a lot of these guys. As you know, when they get to the major league level, they take a little time to adjust, get used to that level of pitching and whatnot. I think that's kind of what next year will be about. So they, it, I think it will translate a little bit into the wins and losses because naturally you're going to see more talent. But that's why I kind of pegged 2021 as the year where potentially you could start to see the leap a little bit. Maybe, I don't know about a playoff contender necessarily that year, but I think that's when you see a surge forward in terms of like the, the talent really translating. Guys are a little more comfortable at that level. And, that, and that's really what I think uh, organizationally they're going to focus on that and getting the two things off the field resolved and continue to, to improve any way they can and add things to the ballpark, add to the fan experience. And have you seen the patience in sticking with the plan? Because that had been one of the talking points before is that some plans would be made and then quickly decisions would change. Has there been that the patience and kind of sticking to this plan you've seen so far? Yeah, I mean, in general, I'd say, yeah. I mean, I know there were some, uh, you know, some changes within the organization early on in the season. We saw that, you know, with um, Chip Bowers and other moves that were made. But overall, I'd say so far it's still on track. That's that's where I think it's going to be interesting in the next year and a half because, you know, results will be expected a little bit more by that time, and, and it won't be so much on, you know, hey, we're building it from the ground up. Now people are going to, now they're even they're going to want to see, you know, in, in the wins and losses department, an improvement or at least a sign showing that it is still trending upward, trending towards their ultimate goal. And for you, you cover the Marlins for the Athletic. First of all, what can you tell us about the Athletic? If any of our listeners are not subscribers, which I suggest they do become subscribers, because I love the site. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I would definitely recommend it. Not just because I work there, but it's you know, I, I keep the one thing I hear from people all the time is just the the difference in terms of you know just the quality of the product. You know, there's a lot of in depth stories there. You know, yeah, there, there's maybe not so much you know the nuts and bolts of the day to day stuff as much, but I think you really get a, a sense of what goes on you know beyond the obvious with the team. You know, there's a lot of stories about players. You know, there's a lot of good analysis about teams, not just, you know, baseball, but even if you're a fan, you know, obviously of the NFL or the NBA, NHL, you know, you get all of that in one really cheap package for a subscription there. So that's the one thing I think that can offer that goes beyond, you know, just maybe, you know, a handful of teams. I mean, you, everyone's got, you know, different favorites across sports. So, I mean, if you really want to follow it in depth and really get a, a, a real feel for your team, I think this is a great way to do it. And then, of course, for you, your beat is covering the Marlins, but is it a great resource to have guys in the athletic family like Ken Rosenthal, Jason Stark, who just won the Spink Award this year, yeah. Peter Gammons? Are you able to lean on those guys very much or work together on stories? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's the other part of it, too, is that, you know, every once in a while, you know, there's some crossover there. I mean, not all the time because they're on the national level and they're obviously dealing with, you know, they're looking at every team, not just the Marlins. But, you know, you can go to them or they've been good. You can come, They come to you and there's interaction. And not just with those guys, but even 
even in other markets, there's a lot of times where I've collaborated with, you know, the Red Sox writer for us or the, you know, the Cleveland Indians writer, let's say, on projects. And that's something that, you know, it makes for better story content. And, you know, really you get a perspective of not just your team, like I said before, but the entire sport as a whole. Well, Andre, thank you so much for making the trip to see the Jumbo yeah. Shrimp once again, even this time on the road here in Tennessee. <laughs> but uh, just best of luck in your travels and continuing to cover the Marlins. You do great work. Thank you for joining us. Thanks, Roger. Anytime, you know, I'll always be available for you. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good. That's Andre Fernandez of The Athletic. We'll be back with more in a moment. You're listening to Shrimp on Deck on the Jumbo Shrimp Network, presented by Community First.